Welcome to the Dietitian Success Podcast. Here at Dietitian Success Center, we're all about making it easier for you to build your confidence and expertise. So whether you're a dietitian or a dietetic student, we've got something for you. I'm Krista, your host and the founder of DSC. Now, are you ready to ditch the imposter syndrome and join our incredible, vibrant community? If so, let's jump in. Kate Davis is a registered dietitian nutritionist who is board certified as a specialist in sports nutrition. She is the owner of RD Kate Sports Nutrition, where she works with athletes and athletic teams both in person and via video chat across the United States. Kate has previously consulted with middle, high school, NCAA Division I, II, and III, Olympic, Paralympic, NFL, NBA G League, and NBA athletes. Wow. That is incredible. She is also the editor-in-chief of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics online sports nutrition care manual and has previously sat on the CSSD exam review board. Now, Kate runs a successful private practice where she does one-on-one work, group work, consulting, and more. She's even developing her very first online course with the help of my self-paced program, Online Course Blueprint, I might add. And in this episode, Kate and I chat about the roadmap to becoming a sought-after dietitian, including how she started, how she got her first clients, what it takes to finally get consistency in your business, and by the way, how long it can take, and some of her biggest lessons learned. So if you are in the sports nutrition world or if you're just interested in building a thriving full-time practice, this is the episode for you. With that, let's jump into the episode. So Kate, thanks so much for joining me today. Feel free to say hey to the audience. Hey everyone, excited to be here. Awesome. Okay, starting off, I always like to start every episode with just a little bit more about your story, because I think every path to becoming a dietitian and, and getting to this point in your career, every path is so different. Sure. Yeah. So I followed the normal college path. I got my undergrad degree in dietetics. And when I was in undergrad, I really didn't know what I wanted to do as a dietitian. And I had an advisor who told me, don't get your master's degree if you don't know what you want to do, like go work clinically. And that ended up being really good advice because coming out of college, I thought I wanted to work in public health, but I ended up going and working just as a clinical dietitian and did not enjoy it at all. But it gave me the opportunity to really figure out what I did enjoy. And what ended up happening is when I was at that point in my life, I was not married, didn't have any kids. So I had a lot of time on my hands basically. And I started doing a lot of training when I got into triathlon and I would go and ride with groups and, and whatnot. And people started asking me like, Hey, you're a dietitian. What should I be eating prior to this ride? Or what do you recommend that I eat on the ride? And that sort of thing. And I was like, I don't know, but I'll find out. And it just really sparked an interest. And so that interest grew and I decided that I really wanted to make a go at this sports nutrition thing. This was about 11, 12 years ago. So it was not as big as it is now, but fast forward, I ended up doing a performance nutrition internship down in Florida. So I quit my job. I did that internship for a couple months and then I went back to school that fall 
and I got my master's degree in nutrition with an emphasis in exercise physiology. And so coming out of graduate school, because I was, I relocated outside of Chicago and because of the limited opportunities at that point, if I wanted like a, a normal full-time job, so to speak, I would have had to do a lot of driving. It would have been a lot of time and I didn't want to do that. So I decided instead to start my own private practice and the rest is history. I had no idea what I was doing and just decided that's what I wanted to do. And I figured it out. So I've been a sports dietitian ever since. It'll be 11 years in July that I've had my private practice. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Okay. So then I'm curious, obviously you have a number of different ways that you bring in money into your practice. You obviously work with people one-on-one, but what else do you do as a revenue stream? Yeah. So I have the one-on-one consulting and, and that actually is probably some of the best money that that I make in some ways you might say, but I also will do one-off team talks. I've done situations where it's several team talks throughout a season. I've done different consulting gigs. I was a consultant dietitian for division two college for a couple of years. I also work as the editor in chief of the journal of Academy of nutrition and dietetics. They, they have a sports nutrition care manual. And so I do that. That's just an ongoing consultant type position. I've consulted with semi-professional teams for a season at a time. So there's just a a lot of different things. It's very varied. And I don't think any year of my business has looked the same because within that I've also had four kids. And so I've been on leave here and there. I've also done writing, I guess I should say writing and recipe development, those sorts of things. I've been, I've done a little bit of media work, not a lot, but a little bit that I've brought in some income from that as well. And So the question always comes up because we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast that are at the very beginning of their business journey. How did you get started with some of these opportunities? And I think particularly when you're talking about working with sports teams, those sorts of consulting jobs, how did those come about? How did you get your foot in the door? You know, it, it's a really boring answer because it really is just the old fashioned pounding the pavement and putting yourself out there and networking. What it looked like when I started was sending emails and cold calling in terms of, can we set up a meeting where I can tell you about what I do? So there was that side of it just to get the business name out there because Because at that point in my business, I had an office. I was located in a very affluent area and a lot of athletes were in my vicinity. And so it was more of that kind of old fashioned, I guess you might say, type of business building. And then the other side of it was actually building my network within the dietitian community. Mm -hmm. And so from a very early point, I was on the board for a sports nutrition practice group. And I, I distinctly remember going into the first meeting and seeing all of these sports dietitians that I had read their books and their journal articles. And I was almost in awe because I was meeting them in person. But what that allowed me to do was create those connections within the sports nutrition world. So this editor in chief position came up because somebody I'd been on the board with was still on the board and she recommended my name for this position. So she passed that on to me, you know, and it's the same with, I've worked with Olympics and Paralympics. So the Olympics was from a dietitian that I had gone to graduate school with and kept in touch with. The Paralympics was through a organization I was a part of. It was an online listing, but then I think because I had the the experience I did at that point, 
that kind of gave me a leg up. So I think it kind of depends on what piece you're talking about. And, but I, I've always thought in a positive sense, like what can I do that is, is going to help me in the future or help my business in the future? And how can I make good friends and have good relationships, but also how can I help them and how can I put myself in a position where they can help me as well? Because that's really what it's about, you know, at the end of the day, if you, if you both have a business and trying to build it. Yeah. And I actually really appreciate that answer because I think nowadays it, it feels a little bit too easy to almost hide behind the Instagram or the website or all of the online ways that we can market our services. When in reality, those quote unquote, old fashioned methods that you talked about Mm -hmm. in terms of just getting visible and building your network and meeting new people and getting in front of new people are sort of the tried and true methods that still work today when it comes to marketing your services. Right. But I think it's also terrifying, right? It's terrifying oh my God. to, yes, to, <laughs> <laughs> to send in, I mean, an email is the easiest one, but it's terrifying to pick up the phone and yeah. call, you know, my sense an athletic director and say, Hey, I just want you to know I'm in town. This is what I do. This is how I can help. Yeah. But I, I do firmly believe that making yourself do those things that make you the most uncomfortable also help you to build the qualities that you need that, that are going to benefit you as you continue to build your practice, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think constantly living outside of your comfort zone is not a bad thing. I think it's just going to make you better, whether it's in marketing or whether it's working with a a client one-on-one and they throw you a curveball, you know, you have to be ready to, to respond to that. Right. And so that's making cold calls. You have to be ready to respond you have no mm. idea what they're going to say. I just think it's it's a really important life skill as well to make yourself do those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious because this is something that I feel like comes up a lot for dietitians is just that fear of rejection when it comes to putting yourself out there. How did you deal with that? Was that an issue for you or not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can have feelings and not go through that. I think, unfortunately, that's just the reality, right? I think you are, you are going to have people say no. And I think there's a couple of responses to that. The, the first thing I would say is realize that a lot of the time it's not about you. It's, it's maybe the wrong time for them. They're not ready to make that purchase or whatever the case, but also realize sometimes it is about you and it is mm-hmm. about how you presented yourself and Um, And that's part of the learning process. But I always tell new dietitians, look, the first two to three years are horrible. Like Mm -hmm. they're so hard because you're doing all this building and you're not seeing the return on your investment. And it takes a good two years before you start getting word of mouth referrals. Mm -hmm. So you just have to keep pushing forward. You just have to have that goal in mind. And just keep believing in yourself and however you develop that. But yeah, I think even now it's hard to put yourself out there. And for me now, it's not so much my feelings are going to get hurt because I got rejected. It's more, well, that's going to be a waste of time. I think that's the other side of it too. That's, that's a struggle for me. But yeah, I just think that unfortunately is part of being an entrepreneur. I would say that's, that's part of building you up as a person. And that's going to make you better in the end, because I think it also forces you to really think about your sales process and what it is that you can offer. And how can you state that in a way that people are going to say yes, you know, when you call them. Mm. 
And so that was actually one of my other questions was just around that consistency and how long it took you to start seeing that consistency in your business. And so it sounds like it was around two to three years, which I think is so helpful for people to really understand what this journey looks like. I'm curious, are there any things that you can, any specific things that you can look back and you can sort of attribute that consistency to? Yeah. I mean, I would say there were probably several things, you know, when it came to just just the basics of my calendar. To this day, I use a Google calendar and I schedule like every hour of every day, what I'm Mm. going to do, what my plan is for the week, what I need to accomplish. And so in the beginning, there weren't a lot of clients, but there was a lot of stuff I needed to do to get clients in the door. And so I would schedule in, these are the times. And I would always put it first thing in the morning because I hated it so much. This Mm -hmm. is the time I'm going to send the emails, make the cold calls, visit, you know, the local physical therapy clinic and try to give them my business card, like that type of stuff. I would always schedule it in there and I was not allowed to delete it. I could move it, but I couldn't move it from that day. That was, that Mm. was like the rule. Another thing I did is I joined like my local chamber of commerce and I joined a networking group within there and they had a meeting. I can't remember now if it was every week or every other week, but I made myself go to that and put myself out there over and over. And I made myself go to, they'd have like a monthly luncheon, which was so horrible because, <laughs> because it's like this big room with all these yeah. people and nobody really knows you. Oh. And I was like 28 <laughs> at the time, you know? And, but I was like, this is a non-negotiable. I have to go there. I've got to get my name out there. So there was that side of it. And then I think with respect to clients, a couple of things I did Every time I would see a client, I would get their doctor information and I would send a letter to that doctor when I would see them. And I would say, it would be like an update letter. Like, this is why the client came in. This is what I'm doing. This is what I need from you. Thank you. And here's my contact information. And to this day, I still try to do that as much as I can, I'll, you know, fax the letter to the doctor. And then the other thing I did was if clients did refer me to somebody else, I would send them a referral. Thank you. So it would be like a Starbucks gift card or something like that and mail it out and all that. So yeah, so I think, you know, there was the big picture thing of just scheduling myself out so that the things got done and the consistency was there so that I didn't forget to do certain things consistently, whether it was like an e-newsletter, social media, that type of thing. But then there was also what were the things I was consistently doing to get my name out there over and over again. Mm. Oh, that's so helpful. And do you find that now you market yourself in the same ways as you used to, or has that changed a lot over time? No, it has changed. And part of it is because our, like our life situation changed. So when I started my business, we lived outside of Chicago in a suburb and our house was like a mile from downtown. And that's where my office was. And there were probably four high schools within five minutes drive that were all really huge, had lots of athletes. It was more of your traditional. I had an office, more like local networking, that type of thing. About Almost six years ago now, we relocated back home to Michigan, and I now live in a rural setting. I'm surrounded by dairy farms, which is amazing, but the biggest city is about 30 minutes away, and really, I'd say like a more affluent area is like an hour away, and so the way I marketed really has had to change to a lot more kind of the virtual sense, purely because of time. I don't have time to be driving a half an hour every day 
to go into different places, which stinks because I, I just think that's so effective when they can meet you in person versus an email or something of that nature. But it has changed a lot. You know, you probably talk about things like search engine optimization and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So I've had to be a lot more, a lot more specific about that and, and focus on that more with respect to the marketing piece. So it's almost like my business has gone a little bit more virtual, mm-hmm. whereas before it was more of a traditional in-person location-based, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, cause you, you alluded to this before, but I'm sure a number of people are wondering because their ears probably perked up. How did you get involved in the Olympics and Paralympics? Yeah. So that was, that was kind of a crazy story. So the Olympics opportunity came up, it was right after we moved back to Michigan. I, I think we had been in the house maybe a week and I got a call from a dietitian that I went to graduate school with, and she had gotten involved with the Olympics and she needed a dietitian to cover for her for one of the training camps. And so she had thought of me and called me. And so I ended up going to that. And then that led to some other opportunities with the same program. It was the USA women's hockey program. So that was great. So it was really fun. But that, I mean, to me, that's an example of networking and relationships Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. right and staying connected. And then the Paralympics came out of, it was, it was just a job listing that I saw, but I had met the dietitian who at the time was the head dietitians for US Paralympics. I'd met her at a conference before. And so that's, that kind of, again, just organically happened through some of the relationships that I had had and just, just the opportunity of being uh, in this association where I saw the job posting and just kind of being involved in, and being aware of what was going on in the sports nutrition world as well. Cool. Wow. Very cool. So one of the things that you had mentioned as we were chatting before recording this was how you're very specific about only working with people that you're passionate about seeing, which I think is incredible. I'm curious, did it start like that? Or was that something that had to develop over time? It did start like that. Oh, wow. It did. Okay. Actually. Yeah. So when I started my business, I read a book by her name, name's Marjorie Geyser. I don't think she, I think she's retired. I'm sure at this point, but the book is called Just Jump. And it was written specifically for dietitians and exercise type coaches and things like that on starting a business. And so she walks you through like your whole marketing plan and business plan and all that. And there's a whole section on your ideal client. And she just went on and on about how, you know, you really have to define what your ideal client is. And once you do that, you have got to stick to that ideal client because every time that you accept somebody who's not your ideal client, you're putting yourself out there into the world as somebody who works with that type of client. And that's not going to help you as you continue to build the practice. So from the get-go, I only worked with athletes and Mm. what I call athletic individuals, like recreational athletes, that type of thing. I named the business RDK Sports Nutrition kind of on purpose because I wanted it to be marketed that way, but I also wanted to keep myself to that. Now I will, I should also say I had a little bit of flexibility with, with being very specific because at the time I was married. So I, or why I'm married still, but at the time, at the time I did, I wasn't like buying my own health insurance, you know, like some, from a financial standpoint, but, but I don't know, you would know more than I would, but I, I still think financially, 
I feel like it's actually a better move to niche down in a lot of ways because you can really focus your efforts for marketing. You can focus your efforts for your own knowledge base and Mm -hmm. really becoming known as the expert in that particular area. Plus you're more passionate about it. So it's Mm -hmm. more fun to go to work. I think that shows in the work that you do because you're working with people you're really passionate about. Mm. Yeah, that's, and that's really interesting that you mentioned that because I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with at the beginning is that sort of scarcity mindset around like, oh, I just want to bring in any money that comes through the door, whether that means working with my ideal client or not working with my ideal client. So I'm curious then too, what do you feel like has been the biggest or a couple of the bigger challenges that you've had to deal with? throughout your business journey? So I think one is always the comparison game. Mm. So you look at other dietitians, doesn't matter if they're sports dietitians or not. Other dietitians, doesn't matter if they're entrepreneurs or not. Anybody else, then you say, wow, she's doing X, Y, Z, or he's accomplishing this and that. And they've only been in practice this many years. And I've been in practice this many years. And so you spiral, right? You go into your head and say, Oh, I'm, I guess I'm not very good at that. Right. That imposter syndrome, you know, kicks in at that point. I think that is a, I'm not going to say it's an ongoing everyday thing, but I, I think it's just a really easy thing to fall into. And it can almost be paralyzing as an entrepreneur when you feel like, you're not doing enough or you'll never do enough or you're not doing as good as somebody else is doing it. I remember though, for me, there was kind of a turning point with that when we were moving from Illinois to Michigan and it was probably three months before we were going to move. And I got a phone call from the Chicago White Sox and they said, we want to interview you to have you work as our sports dietitian. And I was like, what? (laughs) You've got to be kidding me right now. And of course I had a conversation with my husband. Well, maybe I could drive back to Chicago, you know, a couple, two, three, four times a month. And he was like, no, you're crazy. You know, that's not, that's not, but what, so what I realized and what I'm looping back to on this is that would have been a great opportunity, but it wasn't a great opportunity for me. Mm. And so therefore it wasn't even an opportunity for Mm -hmm. me. It like, I wouldn't even call that an opportunity, you know, specifically for me. Mm. Um, and that's something that I've had to learn over and over. Like there's, there's a million things that you can do as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and they're all great things, but they're not all great things for you. And I think for me, it's a constant balance, you know, every with each kid I've had, as the kids are getting older and more involved in different things, you know, what is, what is really best for me? What's best for the business? What's best for the family life balance? And, and to stop the comparison game of, well, look at how often she's, you know, posting on social media and I'm not, or, you know, whatever the case. So that's a tough one. That's Mm. a tough one. So on that note, any other pieces of advice that you would give to new dietitian entrepreneurs? Yeah, you know, I would say the planning stages of having a business are really undervalued, Mm -hmm. uh, but so important. So I I think we all want to jump in, but have a plan. But at the same time, I think Krista, you call it like, don't have analysis paralysis. Yeah, what you always say, right? 
at some point, just get yourself out there and go. I'm very type A. I like being scheduled and all of that, but I, I really can't say enough for having a plan for your time and what your plan's going to look like so that you don't waste time. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's even like setting timers or something to pull you out of what you're doing. Like I said, I use a Google calendar, so everything's all very scheduled out. But I think writing a business and marketing plan is really important. But then I think acting on it and creating a schedule for how you're going to stick to it and how you're going to work it out. And also, I think the other piece of advice I would give is with how much is out there on social media and online, I think it's a great idea to research the people that you want to be like, right? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? What are they doing that makes them successful and, you know, dream and plan. There's so much you can do. And I don't sell yourself short thinking that there's certain things that maybe you shouldn't be doing or, or whatever mm-hmm. the case you can learn just about anything. And that's, that's something that I've learned over 11 years. I've had to teach myself a lot of different things. So all of those things are possible if that's something that you want to do. That's awesome. That's so helpful. And so I'd love to know what's next for your business. Yeah. So right now I am working on the scaling side of things. Uh, I, so I actually work uh, since I've had kids, I work three days a week. And so it's always a juggle to do all the things and it's, it's been great, but now my kids are getting a little older and they are more involved in sports, things like that. So just trying to figure out how to kind of scale the business a little more with, you know, more passive income and courses and things like that. So that's kind of coming up down the line. I and mean, I'm excited about that. It's another new skill area that I don't have. So I'm trying to, uh, <laughs> trying to learn that, you know, with your help and, and making that happen. So I'm excited about it to see where it goes. Awesome. And so where can the audience find out more about you and the work that you do? So the easiest way you can go to my website, it's rdkate.com. So RD is in registered dietitian, K-A-T-E.com. So you can navigate to everything you need from that cool. spot. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Kate. It was so awesome to chat with you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Okay. So how awesome was that episode with Kate? (laughs) I know I learned a lot just listening back to it as I was going through and editing the episode. She's such an incredible entrepreneur and I, I learned so much just from speaking with her. So all of the information for Kate's website can be found underneath this episode in the description. But then I also wanted to mention that if you are in the process of trying to build out additional passive income streams in your business, I'm really excited to announce that Online Course Blueprint, which is my program that teaches you how to create, market, launch, and sell your very own online course, is actually opening back up for enrollment on July 14th. And so if you are interested in learning more about that program, definitely join the email list for Online Course Blueprint. I've linked it below. You can join the wait list. And then when you're on the wait list, you will get all of our emails about the program and when we open for enrollment. Otherwise, if not, if you're interested in joining Dietitian Success Center membership, uh, we are going to be opening back up for enrollment in September. So make sure and stay tuned for that. You're going to hear a lot more about that on the podcast closer to the launch date. But otherwise, I hope you have an awesome rest of your week and I will see you next Thursday.